0: Today, we'll talk about dreams and how important they are for your personal health and for the future of the human race. You might recall in recent sessions, the entity Seth talked about the fact that we have inside of our cells the blueprints for the reality that would help us express the best possible versions of ourselves. These blueprints are actually information that's contained in the cells themselves, the cells that make us up, make up our physical body. So here he talks about these blueprints as they are associated with dreams. Here's what he says. These blueprints for reality are relatively invisible because you have allowed yourselves to forget their existence. To pursue certain goals, you pretended they did not exist. Now, however, your global situation as a race requires the new acquisition of some ancient arts. These ancient arts can help you become aware, once again, of those inner idealizations that form your private reality and your mass world. They can permit you to become acquainted with other inward orders of events and the rich bed of probabilities from which your physical existence emerges. You might remember in a recent episode, we talked about the fact that we choose from a large number of probabilities, we choose just one to make it the reality that we recognize. And that's why he says that the reality we experience, our physical existence, that comes from our choice about the rich bed of probabilities that are there for us to choose from. Now let's go back to what he says about the ancient arts. These arts are useless if they're not practiced. Useless in that they lie ever latent, that they are not brought out into the exterior framework of your world. To use these arts requires, first of all, the knowledge that beneath the world you know is another, that alongside the focus of consciousness, with which you are familiar, that's our everyday lives right now, <clears throat> alongside that focus, there are other focuses quite as legitimate. And he returns to dreams. He says, you dream, each of you. But there are few great dream artists. Many of the true purposes of dreams have been forgotten, even though those purposes are still being fulfilled. The conscious art, of creating, understanding, and using dreams has been largely lost. And the intimate relationship between daily life, world events, and dreams is almost completely ignored. The future of the species is being worked out in the private and mass dreams of its members. But this also was never considered. The members of some ancient civilizations, including the Egyptians, knew how to be the conscious directors of dream activity, how to delve into various levels of dream reality to the founts of creativity, and they were able to use that source material in their physical world. So if any of you believe or know that you've had incarnations uh, in ancient Egypt, you might have a leg up on the rest of us in terms of using dreams for practical purposes. Seth then went on to talk about the dreams we have right now, all of us. And apparently these things happen whether or not we totally are conscious of it and realize it. He says this, cellular life is affected by your dreams. Okay, so our cells are affected by our dreams. eh? Healings can take place in the dream state where events at another order of existence, events at another order of existence alter the cells themselves. Rupert, he refers to Jane Roberts as Rupert, Rupert has been exploring the reality of dream levels, and in so doing, he's beginning to glimpse their significance. To some extent, each person can initiate such private journeys. They will, these, quote, dream expeditions throw great light on the nature of personal daily experience and they'll also provide personal knowledge of the ways in which probabilities operate. So he's telling us if we can begin to become aware of the dreams that we, each of us has at night, why that will uh, give us a greater insight into the personal daily waking experience. And then he goes on, he says, <clears throat> I said earlier that the world you know arises from basic unpredictability, from which significances then emerge. You might recall we talked about that in depth recently, in that we have a number of probabilities that are open to us, and we choose to give significance to one probability at the expense of the others. We then call that probability our reality. He continues, no system of reality is closed. The particular string of probable actions that you call your official experience does not just dangle then out in space and time. It interweaves with other such strands that you do not recognize. In the waking state, the conscious mind must focus rather exclusively upon that one particular point of concentration that you call reality simply so that it can direct your activities properly in temporal life. And that's something we've talked about a number of times in past episodes. He goes on. It is quite equipped, however. And when he says it, he's talking about our conscious minds in the waking state, the one that we're normally aware of and that we use all the time. He says, it is quite equipped, however, also to direct you, to some extent, in other levels of reality when it's not needed for specific survival duties. So we've talked many times about the up-close focus of our consciousness, which we have to have in order to navigate in this physical time-space illusion. But he's pointing out that the same conscious mind that we use to get by in life, we can also use to navigate in other levels of reality, something I've never thought about and that most of us don't think about. He then goes on to describe what, uh, for a lot of us, is our basic reality. He says this, Because you have in the past convinced yourselves that the conscious mind must, of necessity, be cut off from inner reality, you think that it must be alienated from the dream state. Following such beliefs, You find yourselves, thinking of dreaming, as chaotic, unreasonable, and as completely divorced from normal conscious direction, purpose, or function. It often seems that sleep is almost a small death, and psychologists have compared dreaming with controlled insanity. You have so divorced your waking and dreaming experience that it seems you have separate lives and that there is little connection between your waking and dreaming hours. The rich tapestry of probable actions from which you choose your official life becomes just as invisible. And this is quite needless. Well, unless I miss my guess, there he is describing how 99% of us feel about our dreams. But he points out that that's quite needless and it's not correct. Now, next I'll turn to his comments about dreams from a different perspective, and that perspective is the relationship between different planes of reality. The dream world being one plane and our daily physical existence another. Here's what he says, he says, the dream world is indeed a natural byproduct of the relationship between the inner self and the physical being. Not a reflection, therefore, but a byproduct, involving not only a chemical reaction, but the transformation of energy from one state to another. In some respects, all planes or fields of existence are indeed byproducts of others. For example, without the peculiar spark set off through the interrelationship existing between the inner self and the physical being, the dream world would not exist. But conversely, the dream world is a necessity for the continued existence of the physical individual. Now, in earlier sessions, we've talked about how the inner self is aware of much more reality than our normal conscious self. And the inner self plays a big role in influencing us as to how we act uh, for the better. So, let me uh, repeat his last sentence The dream world is a necessity for the continued existence of the physical individual. This point is extremely important. As you know, animals dream. What you do not know is that all consciousnesses dream. We've said that to some degree, even atoms and molecules have consciousness. And each one of those minute consciousnesses forms its own dreams. Even as, on the other hand, each one forms its own physical image. So the atoms and molecules of which were made they themselves have consciousness and indeed to creating their own physical image they dream. (laughs) Well that certainly is something I've never thought about. He goes on now as in the physical field individual atoms combine for their own benefit into more complicated structure gestalts like our bodies so do they also combine to form such gestalts, though of a somewhat different nature in the dream world. So they're forming gestalts of a a different nature in the dream world. This is really amazing stuff if you think about it. He says, I've said that the dream world has its own sort of form and permanence. It is physically oriented, though not to the degree inherent in your ordinary universe. In the same manner that the physical image of an individual is built up so is the dream image built up the dream world is not a formless haphazard semi-construction it does not exist in bulk but it does exist in form that's not a contradiction nor a distortion the true complexity and importance of the dream world as an independent Field of existence, an independent field of existence, has not yet been impressed upon you. So the dream world has its own independent field of existence of which we're not generally aware. He says, yet, while your world and the dream world are basically independent, they still exert pressures and influences one upon the other. So our dream world experiences, whether we know it or not, are impacting and influencing the actions we take here in the physical world. And here were some concluding remarks uh, that Seth made on that. He says, it's essential that you realize the dream world is a byproduct of your own existence. And because it is connected to you through chemical reactions, this leaves open the entryway of interactions in animals as well as men. Since dreams are a Byproduct of any consciousness involved within matter, this leads us to the correct conclusion that trees have their dreams, that all physical matter, being formed about individualized units of consciousness of varying degrees, also participates in the involuntary construction of the dream universe. Now that's really astounding, so I'm going to repeat that last portion of that sentence. He said, all physical matter being formed about individualized units of consciousness. That's what makes up us, the consciousness units. We've talked about them a lot. All physical matter being formed about individualized units of consciousness of varying degrees also participates in the involuntary construction of the dream universe. That means it's automatically participating in the construction of the dream universe at the same time that it's involved in the creation of our physical universe. Now, I've never bothered to take the time and the effort to become proficient in becoming aware of my dreams while I'm in the dream, something called lucid dreaming. I've always considered myself more of uh, an observer than a doer. But given the impact of what Seth shared with us here, I'm going to order uh, either a CD or an MP3 file from the Monroe Institute. They have one on lucid dreaming. That's just one CD or one uh, MP3 file that is specifically uh, on lucid dreaming and how to start to develop some abilities in that regard. If you'd like to do the same, you can contact uh, the Monroe Institute, go online, and check out the uh, most recent CD they have. That is uh, not a series, but simply one uh, one CD or or one MP3 file that will begin to teach you how to become more aware in your dreams. Okay, that concludes our episode for today. And once again, I'm Dan Mack, and any bringing you lessons from the helpful dead.